myself, but do you mind? Maybe if I stop talking, then this whole thing will probably work itself right out. Wanna hear a new song? No, well, you're hearing it anyway, so sing along. Stop too slow for us drinking when's that next been supposed to be on. Joshua Beam. That was embarrassing. I so, I started to say hello and then uh, another thing played. But hello, welcome back to the Arts Report. You are listening to CITR 101.9 FM broadcasting to you live from the University of British Columbia, Vancouver campus from the unceded and stolen Musqueam territory. My name is Ruby Raven and welcome back to the Arts Report. Welcome back to the Arts Report. Um, so this year we're just, we're shaking stuff up. We are shaking things up. We are tackling institutionalized things and we will be bringing down the hammer, um, and other vague, powerful statements like that. Um, so... We have um, a great lineup for you today. <laughs> um, we have an interview with Joshua Beamish um, from Source Amnesia. I'm going to be honest, I'm not super sure what that is, but I am so deeply excited to find out. And then I did an interview with Ingrid Hansen, who is one third of the comedy troupe The Merkin Sisters. Uh, they have a new comedy album out. Um, yes, and you heard correct, Merkin. Merkin uh, sounds like a last name of maybe of I don't know Norwegian or British descent uh, but in fact it is also the name of a pubes wig so if you've ever been watching a show on on HBO and there's some nudity but not too much nudity and you know bits and pieces are covered by like gigantic pubic bushes that's a merkin um I can I can keep talking about Merkins, but I think I'll I think I'll refrain. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to be giving some shout outs to some stuff that's happening in the city this week because the Arts Report's main mission is to make sure that people are not bored. People, you know, sometimes Vancouver can get a bad rep. Oh, there's not enough stuff to do. There's no arts and culture scene. There is. Let me tell you about it. Let me share it with you. Um, but before we do that, we're just going to jump into a PSA. Um, I'm going to pick one of my favorite PSAs because I, I want everyone to just be feeling feeling good this evening. Um, okay. And here we go. Do you want to change the state of the world, but instead you keep buying material goods to satisfy whatever desire you have in that very moment? Me too. But now you can do both! Rock Shop and Community Thrift is a local vintage shop that fulfills your 1970s all-chic fantasy while also supporting at-risk people through their compassionate and supportive work training program. All of their profits go to the PHS Community Services Society to support ongoing health care, harm reduction, and health promotion projects in Vancouver and Victoria. So stop by their two locations, Community Unisex on West Hastings or Community Frock Shop on Corral Street. And if you know any other local businesses that deserve recognition for their generous business practices or their contributions to the community, please DM us on Instagram at CITR and Discorder because we would love to spotlight them. Because hey, if you can't stop buying, you might as well start supporting. Do you want 
Wow, wow. That was just a great ad with my voice twin because uh, it definitely wasn't me. Um, all right. So now we're going to just jump into a fun interview with Joshua Beamish of um, Source uh, Amnesia, who is a choreographer with Move the Company. Uh, so here is Lua's interview with Joshua. Hello, everyone. This is Lua, and I'm here with Joshua Beamish, who is the artistic director of Move the Company. And we're going today to talk about Source Amnesia, the new show that he has choreographed and is going to be on stage at the Vancouver Playhouse January 13th and 14th at 8 p.m. So it's this weekend. Be sure to check it out. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing today? I'm great. I just got home from rehearsal, so I'm. it's been a good day. That's That's very exciting. Um, and so let's talk about like what the show is about. It seems to be very conceptual and it's the source amnesia. The title itself already implies that it is an exploration of false memory and potentially the roots of misinformation. Could you speak a little bit more about the inspiration for the show? Yeah, so source amnesia relates to the process um, by which our brain separates fact from context in memory storage. And so over time, what happens is like, I might remember that I've spoken to you before, but I might forget that we spoke in an interview about Source Amnesia. I might know that I just like, oh yeah, I spoke to spoke to Lua about a show of mine one time. And so it's it's the strange process that happens in our in our memory, this like separation of fact from context. So I found that really intriguing because um, movement without context and nuance is just like a series of like facts or, um, it's like, like, I, I feel like context is, uh, kind of everything in which the way we communicate, like a word separated from what, what people meant, um, in the whole sentence, for example, or like one little soundbite can, can convey something completely different, um, and potentially harmful. So, um, I was really interested in the way that information and memory can be distorted to illustrate um, guilt or ill intent or um, just like it doesn't even have to be that dark um, just the way that that our memories can be um, manipulated either by others or by our own brains over time so I also read that part of the show actually has roots in your personal experience with your grandmothers uh, and their history with dementia and losing their own memory and to what extent would you say that this show takes on like a personal or intimate tone versus a more like large or society-wide concept of misinformation i think that the overarching show or or vibe of the show is society-wide it's definitely broad and designed for people to be able to see themselves and their own experiences in it i would say it's my least personal show uh, in a way that I think is actually quite exciting um, because there's just more space for the viewer. I think a lot of my shows have been more directly autobiographical, um, but I see things within it. There are these moments that I think will be quite arresting because the, the show will be so virtuosic and athletic or uh, the choreography will be so dense and complicated. And then suddenly just this like very simple, very human, very caring moment will pop out. And for me, it's very clearly related to things that I felt with my own family or things that I know about the families of the people within the cast or creative team or um, friends of mine. And I know what they've gone through with memory loss and dementia and amnesia and all of these different illnesses that kind of um, target our ability to know who we are or to know who our loved ones are. So I feel like the show is inherently personal to everyone in some way, but I didn't want it to be um, like selfishly related to my experience in that way. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely understand. It's, it sounds really exciting and I'm really excited to see the show. Um, and so what, what is uh what should people expect from this experience what should they come in expecting or should they come in expecting nothing and be surprised i mean i think that's the best thing <laughs> for, for anything that you see is to come in expecting nothing and be surprised and be present with your experience it's uh i feel like that's how people should view most art 
many things in life, I would guess. Um, but I feel like what I want to say to people to encourage them to spend the money to come to see something like this is what what do you want to see when you go see dance? Are you driven to go see dance because you love seeing dancers do like indescribable virtuosic feats that that you could never imagine your own body could do? Uh, because that's in this show, 100%. It's incredibly virtuosic and athletic. There's this a lot of overhead lifting, lots of spinning, and um, incre- like incredible movement that is seemingly related to like break dancing. The dancers do absolutely phenomenal things. So that's there for you if that's why dance speaks to you. And then if you are interested in contemporary art from a intellectual conceptual lens and you want the space in the work that you see to um, offer you room to make your own way through something and to draw your own conclusions and connections and meaning and to really kind of revel in abstraction that's totally there that's that's what's driving the work um, from a structural perspective. And so that layer is there if you want to get into watching dance in that way. And if you don't want to, you're not missing anything by not engaging with the piece that way, I think. It's kind of like everyone should just meet the show where they're at in their experience with viewing dance and try and try to just focus on what it is that they're responding to. And then also, if you've had this personal experience in your life with memory illness or memory loss with a family member or a friend, then I think the piece is going to maybe have moments that are more emotionally connective uh, for the viewers. And I think that's something that that some viewers might really appreciate also. So there's a lot in there for people to digest and take in. I love that you're talking about how you should meet the show where it's at, because I think it maybe sounds like an incredible show for someone who's not that interested in dance and someone who is very interested in dance. And it's just going to going to be like a great experience overall for anyone. So that sounds very exciting. Yeah, I tried to do that with all my work that I want my work to be exciting for people who see a lot of dance, that they're people who see dance all the time. They're looking at the craft and seeing that I'm trying to challenge my relationship to the form and the artists to grow within it. But I am not interested in alienating people who haven't seen dance before. I so I I want to include things that people know that that the general public expects dance to be uh, mm-hmm. in a way i want there to always be some kind of connection to that so that um everyone can feel like they can connect to it and is there a particular message that you're trying to convey with the show or is it more about the experience of a false memory or or source amnesia i'm not really interested in conveying specific messages with my work because i feel like I'm not here to tell people what to think or to impose my like moral compass or my values on anyone. It's I, I'm, I'm really not interested in that. I'm interested in illustrating my experience and my thoughts and my perspective and just kind of like, or my movement vocabulary and just like offering that to people like come and see this. And then it's what they take away from what they see based on their values, their moral compass, their life experiences. That's where the experience will be interesting for them. It's how the two things are interacting. It's not about what I'm imposing upon them. Mm-hmm. And is this, would you say that this show is also technology driven or more intellectually driven? Um, so my my last show at Giselle was really tech driven. There were uh, 3D motion capture animated projections and the whole thing was set within, well, the first act was all set within the characters like social media devices. Um, this show is much more lights, music, dance, action. It's deaf, but the... Um, the lights have a really particular perspective that is kind of otherworldly and um, they kind of act as a set design. So it's like the technology of light uh, and the music is electronic. So the show somehow sounds and looks really tech driven in a way, I think, but it's, it's not as it's not reliant on digital projection technology like other work of mine has been. 
Right. Yeah, I thought I'd ask because since this is about misinformation, and I think we're kind of that age of technology where misinformation has grown very rampant. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be interesting to see that combination, but it's 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 good to know that there is this technological aspect to it as well. Yeah, for me, it's more about the people, how it feels to be a person in the information age. So what is it like? Who are you? What is your feeling? How is your body reacting? How, what is your emotional response to in, uh, information manipulation or memory loss or these kind of things versus being literal and having like fake news scrolling across the screen or something like that? Mm -hmm. And is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, anything that you haven't mentioned that you'd love to talk about and let people know about the show? Um. We have student tickets, so that's a key thing. <laughs> yes, student um, so tickets that, are very important. If you are yes. a student and you're listening to this right now, be sure to check out the student pricing. <laughs> yeah, which is very, uh, it's a very great value. The student tickets are only nineteen seventy five, so we've really purposefully um, kept that rate low to make it more accessible to students and to families with dance students, where they're they're already putting out a lot of money in this time to be in, involved in dance. So they're, yeah, so that they're accessible with promo codes based on where you choose to buy the seats in the house. If they're B seats, the promo code is student B. And if they are C seats, the promo code is student C. And that information is on the ticketing website, but just so, so people know that's a, that's in there. Um, yeah, and, and the music is Rival Consoles, which is a, a British DJ um, that I love. And I think the music is really incredible. It's not originally written for this piece. They're just um, tracks that we're employing for the show, but the music is really amazing. So if you like electronic music and you haven't necessarily come to see contemporary dance much, um, then that could be a really cool entry point for people to just like ap appreciate how the dance is amplifying the audio experience. Yeah, well, it sounds really exciting. Uh, next week, we will also be doing a review of the show. So keep an eye out for that, listeners. And thank you so much for taking the time to, for do to do this interview with me, Joshua. Uh, I hope you have a lovely night. Thank you. And yeah, I hope the show goes great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for your time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And once again, that was Joshua Beamish, who is the choreographer of Source Amnesia, which is going to happen once again, uh, January 13th and January 14th. So this Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. at the Vancouver Playhouse. Their ticket starts at $43, but they do have student pricing, which is really exciting, uh, which is only about $20. So do check it out. Be sure to buy your tickets and... If you happen to not be able to make it, uh, there will be a review next week that you can also catch. And that's that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, you'll hear from me next week. Bye-bye. Stand-up comedian Stephanie.
with that song i fully just chose a random song it's by julian chang sorry i'm a bit phlegmy <laughs> julian chang uh and it's called ethical exceptions i fully just chose it because i liked julian's name and then i like the name of the song um it's <laughs> i'm pretty simple but um you know when you just feel a song in your body and you're just like oh my god this is really hitting because sometimes you listen to music and you're like God, I'm not connecting to this at all. And then other times you listen to a song and you're like, me and this song are having a love affair because it's just, it just works in the moment with what you're feeling. And I was just, I really needed that. I don't know what that was about the song, but it was, it was more, my body was experiencing it more than my mind was. Anyways, um, welcome back to the Arts Report. Um, so you, if you're just tuning in, we just heard an interview with Joshua Beamish, who is the, uh, who is a choreographer for um move company uh and he has move the company pardon me and he, uh there's the world premiere of source amnesia a new show playing from january 13th to 14th at the vancouver playhouse vancouver doesn't get a ton of dance in the city so it's always really exciting when we have shows because they don't always play for very long so go see it go see it um it's cold out so just go sit and, and watch other people move like that sounds like the perfect evening in my opinion um all right so next up we're gonna have my interview with ingrid hansen yes hanson uh she is one third of the musical comedy troupe the merkin sisters uh and she has a new the merkin sisters have a new comedy album out um and we're gonna talk all about it so take a listen take it away ruby from last week Stand-up comedian Stephanie Morton-Robert, Juno-nominated comedian songstress Shirley Nome, and physical comedy artist Ingrid Hansen have spent a decade touring their live comedy shows across North America. This winter, they convened to write a dark pop comedy album together. The three multi-award-winning femme comedians hold themselves up in an apartment in Winnipeg in the darkest of January, only venturing out for short walks in the blizzard, in the perpetual blizzard to buy wine and chocolate. The resulting album, The Merkin Sisters, is a five-song genre-smashing EP with the vibes of a high-budget pop album and cheeky, surprising lyrics. With me today, I have physical comedy artist Ingrid Hansen. Hello, Ingrid. Hello, Ruby. I realize that you know, no, have no idea what the hell it is I do by that title. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was going to be my first question. What is a physical comedy artist? <laughs> uh, well, I, I do work in theater and then I also do work on TV. So right now I'm working on a TV show. Um, Bob Cho, uh, so I work sometimes in children's television and then I also do... Uh, I create original shows that I tour um, all over the place in theaters and festivals that are physical comedy. So it's like combining dance and puppetry and um, idiocy, you know, clown, stupid <laughs> stuff uh, to make art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Sorry, just one thing. Could you move your bathrobe because the mic is rubbing up against it? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, is that better? That would be great. Yeah, is that better. Yeah, that's okay. great. I can also switch. I have a different headset. Okay, no, it's, it's all good. So, okay. what is what's an example of like a show involving physical comedy art? Well, the Merkin Sisters. We have uh, a live show that we toured a few years ago, and we still have some actual. We have some hardcore fans who are like, "When are you coming back?" <laughs> that's, that's how the Merkin Sisters got started. Is um, Steph and I were both touring across Canada with our own different shows, and Shirley as well, and we saw each other and we're like, you, I want to work with you. And we were both doing things that were very different. I was doing the, at the time, these like really kind of sweet sentimental puppetry pieces. And Steph was doing this, this very kind of contemporary dance, poetry. And, and then we got together and we made this raunchy physical comedy show about these two sisters. Um, the whole, the, the kind of the world of their characters is a little bit inspired by, have you ever seen Grey Gardens? Yeah. The movie? Yeah. So those, the, these, these women who, you know, they were socialites and then they kind of fell from grace or they fell from, um, from, from wealth, but they, so they live and, uh, with this idea that they are, you know, these, these high artists, these like, um, very esteemed, serious artists, but they make art with whatever garbage they have around um yeah so that's kind of that was kind of the nugget of the beginning and then since then we just kind of take them in any direction we want um so all we all very like celebrating the human body and just like seeing how far we can go uh this one thing we love to do is we like to up the ante for each other so what does that mean for the newest comedy album the merkin sisters yeah, well, this is our this is our first album together. We loved working with Shirley, of course. She's an incredible comedic songstress and just like also just an amazing human being to spend time with. Um, she's one person. Do you ever have you ever met somebody who like really knows how to enjoy their life? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is Shirley. No, I was watching her as we, we were holed up in that Airbnb together. I'm like, dang, she knows how to live you know <laughs> yeah like I how, like, how so well don't you think that's rare do you know many people who really know how to do that so I totally know the type of person you're talking about and how in particular does she do it like how, like what examples were you watching her do when you were thinking wow well it would be as simple as she'd be like mm, I need to take a break now I'm gonna do my Duolingo and have some alone time you know but also just like um she had amazing loungewear that was just like adore, so cute and beautiful, but so comfy. I'm like, man, I could live in that, you know, like matching <laughs> set loungewear. I was like, dang. And just, um, yeah, just like being able to listen to your body yeah. and, and, and part of that also being able to listen to like your internal state of yeah. what's going on. If you, if you like, oh, I need some alone time. Oh, I need to take a nap. Oh, I need to eat something. Mm -hmm. um, but all the while, like doing it and being super productive yeah. while also um, not stressing about it, you know, trust. It's like, there's a trust that everything's <laughs> going to get done, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. That's, that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah. she, so she would be the songstress so you and um Stephanie are the performers and then Shirley wrote the music no we all wrote it together um uh and you know we all wrote lyrics we all wrote melodies we all wrote riffs and everything but um so we really tossed it all back and forth but Shirley knew a lot more about the technical side of um actually you know using logic and and uh building beats and things like that and we we all learned a lot throughout that um and then of course it was produced by Kevi from Big Shark Real Zombie you know that band no they're in Vancouver they're awesome yeah what's what was the band called Fake Shark Real Zombie oh okay fake I'm sure that some of the listeners will fake know shark. that band yeah I always want to call it White Shark or something I don't know anyway it's Fake Shark Real Zombie okay. <laughs> yeah um so why did you guys decide to write the album yeah um I mean we 
we had a project to do this. We, uh, we very much admired, admired each other. Mm-hmm. And I think we just wanted to see what we could do together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was quite a treat to get to spend time just writing songs. How would you describe the album? <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's cheeky. I think, but like you were saying in the intro, it's, that's one of the best ways to describe it. It's cheeky. It's unexpected. Sometimes you're listening to it and you're like, oh, these are pop bangers. And then you, if you listen closely to the lyrics, you're like, they said, what, what are they? So that's part of, there's like, um, hidden treats in the lyrics and uh and then some of it is you know an anthem of like don't ever apologize for your body mm-hmm. do you know um and yeah it's a romp we go in so many different directions we've got like a french kind of chanteuse inspired song and a, a drag king style country song yeah i was gonna say because in in the press release that i got it mentions that the merkin sisters embody their male dirtbag personas for a husky revved up country dra- jam with a screaming <laughs> hook, don't ever apologize for your body. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, so that's sort of the vibe of the album that people can, can just so the listeners can imagine yeah. what, what this album is and, and why they should listen to it. Are, are you, as your male counterpart, screaming that as the male counterpart, they shouldn't? apologize for their body or they're screaming to women women don't apologize for your body to everyone you know to okay. everyone like i think um there's others whole industries that are trying to convince us that there, our bodies are terrible and mm-hmm. or that they need to be changed somehow mm-hmm. and like you know just you're like you don't you don't need you, you don't need to apologize for taking up space for needing to sleep for having a toot you know like <laughs> our bodies are beautiful and disgusting and amazing and like don't, yeah I don't know I feel like we spent we, maybe it's a very Canadian thing or but you if we catch ourselves apologize oh I'm so sorry for taking up space oh, I'm so sorry for for that it's like you can just just be, be fine just be don't apologize for that just what are the other names of your songs so there's diva mm-hmm. which is a celebration of the diva cup oh like the diva menstrual cup I'm, I'm uh, oh yeah 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 um best inventions in sliced bread and uh musk which is the drag king song we were just talking about it's about husky musk mm-hmm. um our dirtbag cowboy persona <laughs> and then, yeah and then there's more which is more 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 is more that's a, a send-up of like the 80s um, 80s businesswoman taking it to the top um kind of like Working very lightly girl, yeah. yeah yeah very lightly inspired by you know Britney Spears's work bitch right um and uh and then there's Chocolat which is a, a French chanteuse song um we're kind of inspired by and that's about um fondueing human flesh and chocolate in a chocolate fountain <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> and then the last one, or not, this is not in any particular order, but, um, and then there's gross and gross is about why we love to be gross. So the, the album strikes me as very unique as you've just listed. Uh, there's a wide range of song titles and themes. Why is this album different from other comedy albums? Ooh, I mean, I've... How many comedy albums have I listened to? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I think all of the comedy albums I've listened to have all been incredibly different, yeah. with the exception of if you listen to a straight stand-up comedy album, like a stand-up album, all of those are similar. But comedy music, it's just, I mean, if you listen to Ashley's, oh, sorry, um, if you listen to, uh, who am I talking about? Shirley Gnome. If, I'm listening, if you listen to Shirley Gnome's comedy albums, they're all um, just, I mean, I'm such a big fan, but... She, she's gotten more straight up jokes whereas this is the comedy is a little bit more subtle and cheeky and like um winky and hidden in the lyrics so um yeah they're more kind of some of them are more just straight up pop bangers and then when you listen closely to the lyrics you're like I'm sorry what right oh, so, so about menstruation can, like listen to the music because they want to listen to music mm-hmm. and then be entertained with a hilarious story 
Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a heavily produced pop album. You know, it's very, it's very shiny. It's a very good, uh, it's a good time. And um, why the name Merkin? Oh, do you know what a Merkin is? I do know what a Merkin is, but can yeah. you explain to the listener what, what, what a Merkin is? A Merkin is a wig for your bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the purpose of a Merkin? Like, why would one wear a Merkin? Well, recently they came into fashion back again, you know, along with things that are bedazzled and different accoutrements. But um, they're also used in Hollywood, say uh, an actress doing a, a film where they need to do a nude scene and they don't have enough hair um, to match what the character needs if they're playing somebody from the 70s or somebody who <laughs> would have a lot of hair. <laughs> so, um, you know, Merkins are used in Hollywood um yeah how did you how did you decide and or stumble upon this name for your uh comedy troupe honestly we were writing a grant application at the very very beginning baby stages of us creating together and I was like we should call ourselves the Merkin Empire and Steph said no the Merkin Sisters like yeah (laughs) and from that a lot of things were born like we actually created a whole shtick in our one of our live shows where we have these amazing like two foot long red ginger curly merkins (laughs) and we dance with them and transform them to all these different things and like puppeteer them it's yeah two foot long pube yeah I would say they're they're luscious they're like super luscious maybe a foot and a half they go they go down to like below the knee Oh, I was thinking width-wise. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was like, how do you not fall over? But uh, that makes more sense lengthwise. <laughs> how would they go width when they like wrap around your butt? Well, I thought like it just would like stick out. Oh, like, ext- and like an extension. Like a pregnancy belly, but oh. like your pubes and like yeah, yeah. out. That's oh, that's a I good would- idea. Oh, maybe we should do that. Yeah, just use a ton of hairspray or like a foam <laughs> yeah. kind of armature underneath. Oh, now, yeah. now we're going to make a bouffant market. Oh, wow. I think we, no, I think you've we just given me the you. idea. Yeah, we need to make a bouffant market. <laughs> well, uh, why isn't somebody patenting this right now? You need to do it now before someone else gets to it. Yeah. Okay. If anybody's listening, don't make bouffant markets. I have dibs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been very fun. Thank you for joining me. Um, on the Arch Report, but Thanks before you go, me. are you going to be touring anytime soon or coming to Vancouver? Or- Heck yes! Uh, we're planning a tour for the summer and details yet to be announced, but we're on Instagram. We have a website, you know, it's, it's very easy to Google the Market Sisters. We're, we're the only ones. You're the, for some weird reason, you're the only Market Sisters. We're them. Yeah. It's us. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if Shirley, I mean, Shirley does shows all the time. If anybody listening to this who is in Vancouver, Shirley's in Vancouver. If you haven't oh, heard Shirley She's now, from Vancouver? She's in, yeah, she's, she does a lot of shows in Vancouver. So you, you she's mm. Mm. phenomenal. We'll look into her then. No nominated. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, she, she just like makes you laugh so hard you're going to pee. It's great. Oh, no, I love musical comedy. It's it's really, really funny. Yeah. There's the element of surprise. Like, you sort of can't believe that, like, you can tie in these two art forms that both involve rhythm into one art form. So yeah. That's why it's so delightful, right? That's why people are, because there's no way to not be surprised by how good it is for some reason. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and it, I really, I feel like it's so idiosyncratic. Like, I've never, everybody does it in such a different way and Shirley's is simultaneously so smart and so dumb (laughs) and very sexy and sex positive and body and ridiculous and also just she's just such a badass like she goes she she really goes there and she'll um call people on their shit and yeah Okay, oh, well, yeah. I, now I need to go see one of her shows. So I will be, and I probably will promote it on this episode because now I'm really excited to go see one of her shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, thank you so much. Have a lovely evening. And I hope to talk to you in the summer when you're here in Vancouver. Sounds great. Thanks, baby. Thanks, Ingrid. Bye. Bye. All right, that was my interview with Ingrid Hansen. I hope you enjoyed 
she was really funny and I really enjoyed talking to her and she came across as smart. Don't you just like people who come across as smart? I'm like, I'm glad you're in the world. I'm glad that you're probably a voting member of society. I trust you. That's how I felt about her. Um, anyways, I wanted to play a song from their album just to give you guys a little taste, a little tease of what they do. Their music is on, why is the mic all the way over here? Nope, I'm not going to move it. That sounds terrible. Um, uh, their music is on Spotify and Apple Music. So I'm going to play a song of theirs called More. Here is more. Hold on. <laughs> it's not playing. Okay. I have a better way of doing this. Here is more. the Merkin sisters and if you want more of that <laughs> um, you can go check out their album on Apple Music or on Spotify because that's where they are um, yeah great um, all right so now is the part of the show where I talk about some things that are happening in the city in the next little while uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is the PUSH Festival, the International Performing Arts Festival, which is happening from January 19th to February 5th. I like that it's like a good 15 days because um, sometimes festivals like are not long enough. Um, but PUSH is like a really cool thing that happens in the city. 
Um, you can buy uh, six show passes. You can get a digital pass. You can buy a four show pass and get four different shows for the price of three. So there's lots of deals. If you go on their website, there's their whole calendar um, talking about, uh, you know, the shows that they're putting on. So don't forget to get tickets. Remember the pandemic? Remember how terrible it was when we couldn't go anywhere and do anything? Do this for your pandemic self. Go out. Have some dinner. Eat a pizza. Have some kimchi wherever you like to go for dinner and go to a show and have a fun Saturday night um, from January 19th to February 5th. Um, And also I'm just going to plug again uh, the dance show that Lua did the interview for. uh, World premiere of Source Amnesia. It is with Move the Company presented and choreographed by Joshua Beamish playing from January 13th to 14th at the Vancouver Playhouse. So please go see that as well. Um, And then there's also some really cool shows at the Polygon. One that I'm really excited for uh, is showing from January 19th to April 2nd. It is Deanna Dykeman, Leaving and Waving. For (laughs) For 27 years since 1991, Deanna Dykeman took photographs as she waved goodbye and drove away from visiting her parents at their home in Sioux City, Iowa. I just took these photographs as a way to deal with the sadness of leaving. It gradually turned into our goodbye ritual. These photographs are from a larger body of work called Relative Moments, which has chronicled the lives of her parents and other relatives since 1986. When she discovered the series of accumulated leaving and waving photographs, she found a story about family, aging, and sorrow of saying goodbye. Uh, So that is going to be really interesting. They have a couple of the pictures on the website um, of her family waving and it is so adorable um, and very stylized uh, in a a way that I'm surprised by. It almost, it looks planned and styled and executed to perfection, but it's uh, not. It's just her waving goodbye to her family. Um, what else is playing at the Polygon or showing at the Polygon rather? Um, Rebecca Belmore, the Hacer Memoria. So it's from January 14th. It doesn't have an end date at this time. Hacer Memoria is an outdoor sculpture that will extend along the top of the Polygon Gallery east facing facade. The public art artwork consists of nine oversized blue and orange shirts sewn from tarpaulins. The long sleeve shirts which hang in a row at the back facing out are each emblazoned emblazoned I don't know that word emblazoned 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 I think that's probably it (laughs) we got there emblazoned with a single letter together the letters spell here after the title of the work is taken from the Pope's potential pen penitential I'm having a hard time reading today penitential speech in which he recognized the importance of remembering the devastating impacts of the residential school system Belmore co-ops his phrase Hacer Memoria, or Try to Remember, by highlighting the challenges of not forgetting, in colors that carry significance. Blue for the uniforms the students wore, and orange to mark the resilience of the survivors. So that will be um, at the Polygon on January 14th. Um, Go check that out as well. Um, At VIF, ooh, okay, Buffy St. Marie, carry it on. Okay, this is cool. My mother loves Buffy St. Marie, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, Cree singer-songwriter Buffy St. Marie has inspired generations with her commitment to Indigenous and women's rights, as well as her famous anti-war hit, Universal Soldier. In 2015, in her mid-70s, she won the Polaris Music Prize. This is her story. Oh my God, I love a documentary about a person's life. They are literally my favorite films. I am I did not know that this existed. I straight up just looked at it as soon as I clicked on the VIF website to tell y'all about what's happening. I am so excited. I will be watching this. Um, <laughs> okay, here's here's some more about this. Sometimes you have to carry the medicine a while before people get ready for it. Cree singer-songwriter Buffy St. Marie has been carrying the medicine since the early 1960s. She's inspired generations with her unwavering commitment to Indigenous and women's rights, as well as her famous anti-war hit, Universal Soldier. She won an Academy Award for the song she wrote with her husband, Jack Nietzsche. I think Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Up Up Where We Belong, 
for an officer and a gentleman, becoming the first Indigenous artist to win an Oscar. In 2015, in her mid-70s, she won the Polaris Music Prize. This is her story. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, okay, I need, I, I'm getting overwhelmed here. Okay, it's playing um, January 15th at 8 p.m. The screening will include an introduction and a Q&A led by the film's co-writer, Andrea Warner. I am so there. Oh my God. Okay. Go see that, you guys. Buffy St. Marie, truly Canadian legend, Canadian sweetheart, Canadian icon. I would follow Buffy St. Marie anywhere. Um, okay, okay, okay. There's so there's Buffy St. Marie. What else is playing at VIF? Um, Best of Annecy Animated Short Films 2022. Oh, so they're showing the best films of the Annecy International Animation Film Festival. So if you're someone who's really into animation or you have a friend who's really in, into animation, maybe, you know, throw them a bone. Maybe they don't have a friend who's into animation and they would like someone to care about their interests. So maybe you could go do that with them. Me crafting a whole story about your life. I don't know who you're friends with. Um, then there's also Children of... Oh, the, the uh, film festival... The animation is playing on Friday, January 13th, Saturday, January 14th, and Monday, January 16th. Um, and Children of the Mist. Dai is a 12-year-old girl living in Vietnam. She belongs to the Hmong ethnic minority where women get married very young, enduring the controversial tradition of bride kidnapping. On the Lunar New Year's Eve, Dai has disappeared. Uh, so that is playing at VIF Center on from on friday at 4 30 and 7 30 and then again on sa at, on saturday at 3 30 so there's a lot of new stuff happening at vif if anyone wants to go check out those films uh you don't have to google it because i did it for you um and moa is offering half off tickets this weekend um before it is temporary temporarily closing for renovations i would highly recommend doing that um the Chiconex exhibit is closing soon too, which it's been there for months and it's really amazing. Um, so please go check that out before the museum closes. It's a really, really powerful exhibit and it's also like entertaining. Sometimes you go, we walk around an art gallery, everything is very muted and you know it's important, but it's not very interesting. You know, it's kind of boring and maybe you get a little sleepy because it's kind of warm in the gallery that you're walking around in and all you can hear is the clickety clack of someone's heels. You know, this is not that. This is so <laughs> exhilarating, this exhibit. It's so colorful. It like jolts you awake. Um, and even if it's not colorful, like all of the stories behind the art pieces are so interesting and so captivating. So um, <laughs> you your attention will not be taken away by someone wearing high-heeled booties. You will be focused on the art. Um, but yeah, go check that out. That brings us to the end of our time today. Uh, if you're driving home, I always imagine that someone is listening to this. Well, th that my listeners, <laughs> my listeners are listening to this show, The Arts Report, as they're driving home from work. It's probably your first week back after the break. You're either feeling really exhausted or really well rested. Either way, let yourself feel it. I hope you're going to have something really delicious tonight. You're going to eat something really comforting like, like, I don't know, like a risotto, like a cheesy risotto or like, like a really nourishing pizza or like just like a big bowl of ramen. You know, I hope that you're going to just eat something that just makes you feel good. Watch something that makes you feel good. Maybe watch Abbott Elementary. I was going to say White Lotus. They just won Golden Globes. But uh, Abbott Elementary is probably going to make you feel better than White Lotus will. All right. Have a wonderful evening. And I will see you next episode, which will be in two weeks. All right, then. Three, two, one. Bye. Oh,